powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Prog Watch. Tonight, you join us in the far meadow where the atmosphere is very peaceful and tranquil. Various fish are swimming lazily. And in the distance, formal horses are quietly grazing. Suddenly, the peace is shattered by the arrival of a stampeding herd of Gabriels. And what seems to be a rather oversized tiger moth. Hello, you fellows! It's Pete Jones from Tiger Moth Tales here. You're listening to Prog Watch with Anthony Rosick. Chocks away! <laughs> lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Hello, guten tag, good day, konnichiwa, however you like to say it. But welcome to Prague Watch, my friends. Big Tony the Prague Squatch here, acting as your host for the next 80 minutes or so. Our opening number was called Book of Dreams, and it comes from the 2011 Magenta album entitled Chameleon. Based on that opening track, you may have guessed that this week I am finishing up on my coverage of Rob Reed, the mastermind behind Magenta, Cyan, and Compendium, and a member of various other side projects including Chimpanae and Kiyama. This episode will serve as companion to, or conclusion of, episode 418, which was part one of my Rob Reed coverage. You can find that episode at progwatch.com in season four if you missed it. Well, this should be a fun one. In our interview, Rob and I talked at length about his Sanctuary albums and the new Magenta record. And a little later, we will hear from both of those. First up, let's hear from a little project that Rob was involved in called Chimpan A. This was done in conjunction with vocalist Steve Balsamo, who also features on the Eric Wolfson Poe musical, guitarist Rob Thompson of the Welsh band The Stories, and Christina Booth, who is, of course, Magenta's vocalist. Our friend and resident reviewer Rob Fisher turned me on to this album, and he feels that it was very much ahead of its time for being released in 2006. He loves the vocals, the dub, orchestral samplings, and electronica stylings of the track It's Only Sin, and that is the tune to which we will be listening.
Once again, that was Rob Reed's project, Chimpan A, from their only album, their self-titled 2006 debut. The name of the track was It's Only Sin. Now I'd like to let you listen in on more of my epic conversation with Rob Reed. You talked a little bit before about how you're a fan of music with strong melodies, ELO. You even, I think, in interviews have cited ABBA as an example. Yeah, absolutely, um, yeah. Yeah, you seem very at home doing a lot of instrumental stuff like the Sanctuary Projects and prog rock epics uh, with yeah. magenta and compendium how do you reconcile it and is it a matter of the given project and the people that you're working with or is it just certain stuff dictates that you're going this way or that way oh, i think it, it's it's because i like I, I like so many styles of music i think that's you know anything with a good melody in it and that's why like bands like abba 
you know, the, the ABBA have got corny lyrics. The lyrics. By the way, I like ABBA too. So you're talking oh, okay. to you know, I'm not one of these. One, I I think Dancing Queen is one of my favorite uh, oh. disco songs of all time. I mean, it's just the kitschy piano. Everything about it is like oh. perfect. <laughs> you know, I I always I say that is my uh, the most perfect three and a half minutes ever written is Dancing Queen. Really, lyrics, really? Yeah. You know, I will say if I had to, if if it was my desert island disc, one song, three and a half minutes would be Dancing Queen, is by the production on it. The, yeah, the it's melodies, great. The amount of hooks that come out of the strings, that say the piano part on it, everything is stunning. The lyrics are awful, but take away that, oh my God, the, the melodies and the production, the sound, the play and the band play, it is incredible. You know, and, um, but that's, my, one of my failings is that I'm not a big fan of lyrics, you know, and, I think that's why it's all about the melody for me. And that's why the things like the sort of sanctuary projects and in particular, like my, my uh, love and fascination for Mike Oldfield and tubular bells and things. I'm a big fan of him also, by the way. I've... Oh, you know, that was my, when I started, you know, back, God, back in the day when I, you know, when I got into playing music and things, tubular bells, I think I was about eight. I think it was when, my parents bought me tubular bells because I, I, I just loved the, the opening. And that's, that got me into doing all this. I, I wanted to learn to play all the instruments. And I love the way with uh, Mike Ophiel's albums that the guitar, the guitar playing, the melodies, they're like a human voice. For me, he is speaking through that guitar. You know, and it's the same with like Dave Gilmore. You know, there's an emotion that. Oh, yeah. You don't need to have words to convey an emotion, you know, and in music, I think melody can move you equally as much. And sometimes, I, you know, I think words get in the way. That's my controversial, you know, I don't like bad words, you know, really terrible words, you know, I, but I, I, for me, so I, the first thing I got to listen to is the melody. And so all my projects, you know, that's the key to it all. You, you can have words, you can have singing. But but even in the the sanctuary records, there, there are vocals on it, but but they are singing nondescript words. Right. You know, it's like the sort of um, a lot of classical composers do it, and um, it's. I just believe that you you can you can create emotion and mood purely with with instrumental music as well, really, and so. Even with magenta and compendium, even the parts where there's no singing. I, I'd like to think that the music still moves you as well, and that's that's my influence of Mike Oldfield. You know, and I, I love he is my sort of uh, number one influence on all my stuff. And um, yeah, I was going to ask you about how you slipped into. I mean, I thought those Sanctuary albums you really captured his style, and, I, and to me, that's kind of fascinating because you know I mentioned that I I am a bit of a musician myself and composer, yep. but you know I'm I'm like. I'm just grateful whenever I have an idea <laughs> and uh, I, I let it take me wherever. So I don't really try to write anything in a certain style. It's yeah, just yeah. whatever happens. Sometimes I've just made up songs where I'm just running through the presets on some new yep. uh, keyboard uh, yeah, yeah. plugin that I have and, and a sound makes me play a few notes. And then from there, I'm like, wow, you know, then I could do this and I could do that. And yep. it, you get a song out of it. And sometimes you spit that out in like two or three days but, yeah. you know, but it seems like on those Sanctuary albums, what you did 
it it fascinates me. Did I mean, did you study his style? Or are you just so familiar with his work? Because it seemed you just you know the way he would do developing different themes and counterpoints yeah. and everything just seemed so old field. You, it, it, if you didn't yeah. tell somebody it was Robert Reed, they and they knew of Mike Oldfield, they might actually say this is a Mike Oldfield album. I know the instruments have something to do with it. You know, you you went with his his instruments, but to me, maybe you could just tell me, yeah, how did you do it? You know, <laughs> no, well, to be honest, it's it's in my musical DNA, because from from the age of seven, yeah, you mentioned I'm obsessed with that music, and that's all. You know, I would listen to that, and that's how I learned to play the guitar, and that's the guitar style I play in, which is similar to his style. It's just the way it's come out, and so I. I've known that music so much and I've known, I've been into it and immersed in it. I knew, I knew every detail. I knew, I studied how it all put, how, how it was all put together. And I've always wanted to make one of those records. And whenever I did interviews, people knew I was sort of into that kind of music. And they would say, oh, when are you going to make you know, one of those, a solo record? And I was like, oh, no, the time was not right. And I was doing Magenta and then doing Compendium and Cyan and... I've always always avoided it, and I I don't know why I, I've always avoided it. And uh, but then say I think it's about four years ago. I was just sitting. I I'd finished the Twenty Seven Club, and I just thought, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I and like yourself there, I I I brought up a piano and a guitar, and I started playing. And I thought, oh, this sounds a bit like sort of Mike Oldfield, and and it just it all came out. And I think it's easy to make it sound. The sounds are easy to get. The hard thing, as you say, is getting the tunes to develop. That's what took a year and a half to make the record. You, you know, nailed it, though. You nailed it. <laughs> you know, it was, and there's been some really bizarre. Because I, when I finished the record, I, I, I done it all, and it was the most enjoyable record I've ever made. I absolutely loved every second of doing it. It was such a pleasure to do it, and I think it, it was reflected in the, what came out, and. Um, but I thought, I remember playing it and thinking, is this too close? Has, has, has he got something to offer? Or is it, is it just like a sort of a fan-made record, a tribute? Is, is it, you know, or has it, does it survive musically? Which I, I hoped it, it would. So I asked, I know, the only, I, there was only like two people I could play it to. There was either Mike Oldfield, who I couldn't get hold of, <laughs> or Tom Newman, who was the guy that produced the first album. Um, with Mike back in 1973 or whatever it was, so I got hold of him, and he's a very he's he's a very outspoken man, and he says it as it is, and I I knew that it was you know quite dangerous, and I sent him a copy, and I said, look, I made this record, I believe in it, but if what what have I got you is is it a uh, is it rubbish is it any good? And I thought if he says it's rubbish and I, it's just a cheap copy. Then I would have binned it. I would have binned. I would literally would have binned a year and a half's worth of work. But he he played it and he came back and he said, "My God, I haven't heard anything like that for like forty years. I can't believe that you've actually captured. You've got the sounds, yeah, okay, that's the easy bit. But the melodies are so strong, and the way you've developed them are done. And he wanted to get involved with it. And he came along and, and he co-produced the album. So." He went through another filter to give it its sort of authenticity, and uh, I worked with him for, the, for like two or three months and shaping it and you know bringing his experience, which was invaluable. 
and uh, there was, and we did it all via file sharing because he lives in Ireland, and there was even a point, a comical point, where his wife was convinced that it was actually Mike Oldfield <laughs> getting him to work for a reduced rate. <laughs> And it was only when I met him a year later and his wife, she said, oh, my God, you actually exist. She said, I, was, I was convinced that you were Mike, you were Mike Oldfield actually getting Tom to work with him. You know, and that's good. She said, it just sounds, it was so, so authentic, you know, and, and the reaction has been great. You know, I knew that there would be a, 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 some of the fans would go, oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. But for me, the whole point of making the record was, was because Mike Oldfield wasn't making that kind of music anymore. And the bizarre thing is, I made two Sanctuary records, and mm -hmm. after the second Sanctuary record, lo and behold, he comes back out. He, 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 Mike Oldfield comes out with Return to Armadon. Yeah. Which is... Um, A hark back uh, to the old days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, it was a bit of a moment of, oh, all right, okay. You know, for 40 years he had made a record... You know, I made my two records, and then next thing, he was making another record. <laughs> it was quite bizarre. Yeah. Well, he made records, but they just weren't anything like his old stuff. I have all, I have like all of it, I think. You know, yeah. I really enjoyed, you know, and some more than others, obviously, you know. But, uh, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, that, that is funny, you know, because, yeah, you came out with those two, and then who knows, maybe he was uh, listening to fan reaction <laughs> and figured, hey, I could revisit, you know some of my old style i'll show him i show him when we should be done yeah <laughs> it's, i i enjoyed it the return to omadon i thought it was really good it, it was you know I, I think yeah i just think compared to the last 20 albums he's made it's, it's a work of art i think when you compare it to the first four then i think it's a different time a different era i think nothing will Nothing will touch the first, those first four albums of his, you know, Armadon and Hugus Ridge and Tubular Bells, Incantations. They are the sort of, that's the landmark, you know, it's a different time. I think for a person to make a record like that again, yeah, I think, I think everything was special when, when he made those records. It was a different era and a different time, and he was different, you know. But yeah, I, 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 there were, were parts of the new album I loved, yeah. Well, you heard us talking a lot about the Sanctuary Project and the first album in particular in that segment, so let's hear some of that music. This is part two of the first Sanctuary album done by Rob Reed in 2014. Like Oldfield's early albums, this album was broken down into two roughly album-length sides.
Once again, that was part two of the first Sanctuary album released by Rob Reed in 2014. Like I was saying in the talk segment, he really nailed that early Oldfield sound on this project, didn't he? Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When one Mellotron just isn't enough, call in the professionals. Progzilla, proving that prog isn't just for dinosaurs. Now let's hear Rob talk more about the new Magenta album called We Are Legend. Can I ask if there's anything more in store for Compendium or Kiyama? Oh. Oh. Enjoyed both. You, yep. you have so much going on. Any idea? if you'll be working with those folks again? Yeah, I think, you know, a new Magenta album was long overdue, really. We'd been three and a half, nearly four years, so I had to stop doing other projects and, you know, go revisit uh, Magenta. And we had to, you know, we had to have new material to play live, really, because we were were out gigging it, and I thought, we desperately needed new material. So I've I've had to do this album, and it's, it's been really enjoyable, but... um. Yeah, I'm. I'd love to do another um, sanctuary record. I think. I think. I. I definitely want to do that. We got a couple of live shows. We did it live uh, last year for the first time, and that was a massive undertaking. So we're gonna do. Um, we're doing another show, another sanctuary live show. Some of my Progzilla friends were there. I think. Yeah, That's saw right, some yeah. photos and yeah. Yeah, no, that was that was amazing. We had a we had a thirteen piece band. It was a big band, and it was lovely. And um, so I, I, you know, there's there's been a really good reaction to the Sanctuary album. So I'm definitely gonna do another. I'll definitely do another one of them. But um, the Compendium album, oh that 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 pains me every time I think about that record. It's it, it was an ama- incredible record to make to work with all the people that were on there. But it, it had such a bad ending to it where it came to this sudden stop. You know, the record came out and everyone was loving it. And they would go, look, when, when are you going to play it live? And I, the, the vocalist, the main vocalist that I used on it, refused to go and play it live. So we couldn't go and we couldn't gig it and we couldn't take it on to its natural progression of, of doing this huge show. So the album sort of uh, sat there. I, I, and ev- whenever I do shows or gigs or interviews, everyone says, what, what are you going to do with what's happening with Compendium? We love the album. What are you going to do? And I don't know. I, I, I did write, I've got loads of demos of, um, for a follow-up album uh, and for another Compendium album. But um, 
it's never really seen the light of day. So it's on my um, on my list of to dos at the moment. Is um, is another compendium album and also the Cyan. Um, I've re-recorded re-recorded the first album, the very first Cyan album. I've re-recorded that with a new singer and we put real drums on it and throwing the production at it and it sounds lovely and that's going to come out um hopefully by the end of the year that is i think great so i think we're going to restart the old the old cyan because a lot of people again have said no what's happening with the back catalog i thought oh, there's some great stuff in there some great songs and i thought mm, especially the first album was I, you know, I wrote most of that when i was in school and it was recorded on a really basic format you know so i just thought that that could do with re- revisiting that really you know but i say it's finding time but it'll definitely it's nearly finished so at some point that'll come out about kiyama anything oh god <laughs> with that with that one i again it's so hard because the, the, you know you work with so many people and the problem is that you rely on these people then especially when, you, when you're working on with a band project you know the, the, the beauty about the sanctuary thing it was only me so it was, it was easy to work so whenever i wanted to go in the studio to record you know i was it was it, we could do it and you know i had simon phillips playing drums on it so but that was easy you know you you pay you you arrange you send him the demos he does it he comes through and it's done when you do a project like kiyama which was meant to be going back to this sort of classic uh, 70s rock prog band like sort of like a Zeppelin kind of project Deep Purple you, you open it you rely on the other four members of the band and they're all really busy so trying to get everyone's diaries together they all play in other bands it's really hard to get their schedules to come and do to write and to do more stuff you know I, I love that record and again we, we did a couple of shows with the, with the, with the band which are amazing but it's finding people, finding time for people's diaries to um, uh, for, 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 to align, you know, so we can get up and write some more stuff. Yeah, I get it. You know, it's, it is hard. You know, it's hard to, as I said, to make money from it. So everyone's got day jobs, you know, the, the rest of the guys. So um, yeah. yeah, but I I, I hope so because that that was a great project to do. It was it was something different, you know, and I I took more of a back seat on that. You know, I was the, I was more the sort of arranger, keyboard player, which I loved. It was just nice to to work with other people, really, rather than on my own, really. You know, which is a lot of the of the other stuff is. Okay. So uh, I got a bit of a silly question, actually. So the, <laughs> the name the names of two of your bands, Cyan and Magenta, are involved yeah. in the CMYK color model of four color printing. <laughs> <laughs> is there something about that, or uh, and are you planning to name a band Yellow or Black? <laughs> oh, I, 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 when, when we, I, I no, it's definitely it's to do with that because I remember when, when when we when we was trying to come up with with the name Magenta, after doing the cyan stuff, it, it wasn't for that, and it was bizarre because the the first Magenta album, uh, Revolutions, that that a lot of that music was going to be the next cyan album. It was quite. It was a bizarre situation, you know. I'd made three Cyan albums, and I was on to writing a fourth. And I thought oh, I'm going to make this epic double album. And again, the singer which I used, I thought, oh god, I, he moved away and all this kind of stuff, and I was left with all this material. I thought, well, what, what, what should I do? And 
And alongside that, I, I was in a pop band with Christina. Christina, who sings in Magenta, we, yeah. we were yeah. in a pop band. Alongside me doing all this prog, we, me and Tina, for like 10 years, were in a, pro, uh, a pop band called Tripper. And so, and, and that, you know, I, I could write a book on that band, you know, how, how not to get a record deal or how, how, to get offered, <laughs> how, how to get offered a huge record deal and how to turn it down. And because um, our managers were insane. We went through like 14 managers in a period of, oh God, it was about three or four years towards the end. We, had, we kept, just kept changing managers because they were all insane. And um, so we, we, I was doing, you know, alongside the Cyan and I was doing this pop stuff. And we came to the end of that just as I came to the end of doing the Cyan stuff. I mean, and I was sitting there thinking, you know, what, what should I do? What should I do? And I, I thought, well, I've had enough of doing this pop stuff. It was driving me mad. So I thought, right, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to concentrate 100% on doing the prog. And I thought, well, Tina, she's a great singer, but she'd been doing pop. But then I pulled her into, I said, oh, come and try singing this stuff. So I, I had a lot of the material written because it was going to be the new Cyan album. But she started singing it. And I, thought, I thought, oh, my God, this works. This sounds like Renaissance. You know, yeah. I, Oh, this this could really work, and so uh, we developed it, and then we needed a name. And I thought, well, it's a, it's a, it's a development, and it's the next step from Cyan. So I just looked. I thought, well, what's oh, it's magenta. You know, that that'll, that'll work, and we took that. But then, um, I think for for various other projects, I I have at certain times thought, shall I um, carry her on? But I thought, no, I, you know, yellow is too close to yellow. There's <laughs> already a band called Black, so uh, I think well, I'll stop. Well, they well, well, the black is actually the letter K in that uh, the CMYK, and I guess they call it Key. I, I don't ah, know why. Yeah, yeah. So you can always have that Key. Yeah, well, Kiyama, see there you are. Oh, well, yeah, you, yeah, right. There's a little bit there, well spotted. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, so yeah, I didn't have a whole lot else. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about? No, you know, I think it's just, I'm just excited, but I am excited with this record. As, as I said, I, it took me a, a long time to get, a, to get excited by this new Bajenta album, but uh, it's definitely different, and, you know, um, it's recorded as a band as well, because normally um, it's just sort of, I do loads on it, I, I write it all and all this kind of stuff, and then I get a session drummer in, and I play the bass on it, and Tina sings. But on this, it, it's a proper band, we've got a, we've got a young drummer, who's joined us and he's playing on a record we've got a bass player so it's, it's got a different feel it's the, the rhythm section is really punchy and um, so that, that's, that's something different and um, and lyrically it's a, you know it, the, the whole album hasn't got one concept on it either as I said with 27 Club it's got a concept and home had one concept but this album the songs are totally unrelated really you know um, it's called We Are Legend and um, that could be taken many ways. <laughs> it could be taken because um, it's all based on one, one of the tracks on the album, one of the three tracks is called Legend. And um, it's based on uh, the film The Amiga Man, which is Charlton Heston film. I know that film, yeah. I, I'm very familiar with that. I think we grew up around the same time. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I love all those 70s films. Um, American sci-fi Planet films. of the Apes and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. I love all that. And uh, The Amiga Man was based on a book called We Are Legend. Yeah, and they, they I mean, remade it uh, with Will Smith. Yeah. And I just thought, play on, because the song Legend of the album is all about um, 
the survivors. It's not about the Charlton Heston. Mm. Uh, it's all, it's all about the other guys. The, the guys that can't come out in the in the light. The daylight. You know, yeah. uh, the sort of zombie type of characters. It's based. It's taken. It's from that perspective, and um, so I, I, I play on the on I Am Legend. I thought it'd be, wouldn't it be great to call the album We Are Legend? And obviously, some people are going to think that I am saying that you know magenta we are legend but uh it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek but it's okay. you know and, and the artwork uh has got sort of three characters which look a little bit like the three sort of key members of magenta in this sort of derelict landscape you know and uh and it's just you know there's not many prog bands left so it was almost like instead of the last man on earth it was the last prog band on earth so it's a bit of that really in it's in the title we are legends so um but it could be taken uh, as a sort of very egotistical point of view if you wished as well but it's, it's not meant to be it's a bit more tongue-in-cheek but um but yeah you know so um i'll just be i'll be glad when it's out i'll be glad I'll be, it's going to be interesting interesting to see what people make of it as well you know so because it, it is a little different so all right, yeah. I mean, if unless you had anything else, you know. No, it's good for me. Yeah, I enjoyed that. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we had a fun conversation. I think uh, the audience will enjoy it as well. Good. Good. Okay. Right, well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to thanks. me, and it was fascinating talking to you. Okay. No, thanks for you. Thanks for your time. All right. Well, take care, man. Yeah, I'll speak to you soon. Thank right, you. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening in on my conversation with Rob Reed. In there, you heard him talking quite a bit about the new Magenta album, We Are Legend. So let's go ahead and listen to a track from that album. This one is a real epic called Trojan.
Looking for comfort, looking for peace, looking around, looking for someone to
night it fades when you all will sleep with love to share anger drifts away as the hurting stops with the time to find paths to tread in this world I stare a home to live to grow to make new life out there on the
Trojan from the new Magenta album We Are Legend, released a little earlier this year. And please remember that if you liked any of the music you heard on this program, it would be very nice if you would support Rob Reed and the other musicians he works with by purchasing the albums. When I post this show to my website, progwatch.com, a little later in the week. And when is that again, Justin? Oh yes, on Tuesday afternoon by U.S. Eastern Time Reckoning. But anyway, I will have links that you can follow to find and purchase music by Rob and his various projects, including Magenta. Well, that is about all we have time for this week. So, Danka, thanks, arigato gozaimasu, for coming along for the ride. And if you like the show, you can help support your friendly neighborhood Prague Squatch by liking the Facebook page, Prague-Watch, or following me on Twitter, at Prague Squatch, P-R-O-G-S-Q-U-A-T-C-H. Also, if you'd like to get in touch with me to let me know you liked a show, you didn't like a show, to suggest music, whatever, you can contact me at progsquatch, all one word, P-R-O-G-S-Q-U-A-T-C-H, at gmail.com. So thanks again, my friends, and until next week, remember to prog on, brothers and sisters. Ladies and gentlemen, the man song. He's the man. He's the man. I don't take no crap from anybody else but you. I wear the pants around here when I finish with your laundry. Because I'm a guy you don't want to fight. When I say jump, you say you're right. I'm the man of this house until you get home. He's the man. He's the man. What I say goes around here, right out the window. <laughs> and I don't want to hear a lot of whining, so I'll shut up. <laughs> the sooner you learn who's boss around here, the sooner you can give me my orders, dear. Because I'm head honcho around here, but it's all in my head. He's the man. He's the man. And I can have sex any time that you want. Because <laughs> I'm a man who has needs, but they're not that important. <laughs> And don't expect any flowers from me, because if I'm not mistaken, you prefer jewelry. <laughs> I'm the king of my castle when you're not around. He's the man. He's the man. And I'll drink and watch sports whenever I want to get in trouble. <laughs> and I'll come home when I'm good and ready to sleep on the couch. Because <laughs> a man's got to do what a man's got to do. And I'm going to do what you tell me to. Because I'm top dog around here, but I've been neutered. He's the man. He's the man. You the man. 
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.